Hi, this is Aaron Eisberg Nog from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Beyond Trek. You can follow them on Twitter at Beyond Trek Pod and on Facebook at Beyond Trek Productions. Thanks for tuning in, and may the Great River provide. This is Beyond Trek Podcast, your source for Star Trek on social media and around the web. I'm Big J. I'm Watney. And I'm Dag, the Trivia Master. You can find us on Facebook at Beyond Trek Podcast and on Twitter at Beyond Trek Pod. Welcome to Beyond Trek Podcast. This is Dag, the Trivia Master. This is Watney. <laughs> and today we are hosting, uh, and I hope I get this correct, uh, Lohar, um, who is our, uh, our guest, a Klingon language expert. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm to be here. Yeah, it's really great to have you. Um, so how long have you uh, been uh, speaking the Klingon language? Uh, I think probably since early 2006 or something. Uh, it was around the time that Star Trek Online was first announced. Uh, so I remember hearing of that back in 2005. I didn't have any interest in Star Trek at the time, but I knew that it was a language uh, and I figured it might be fun to role play in Star Trek Online uh, using that language. <laughs> so I started looking into it. That is that's really cool. That's, that's amazing. dedication. Yeah, I love that kind of <laughs> deep dive into so, RP. That's yeah. great. <laughs> uh, are you a language enthusiast in general? I, I would say so, yes. I'm not really a polyglot. I don't learn a lot of languages fluently, uh, but I do gen generally enjoy just sort of like diving in, you know, finding a language, finding it interesting developing a bit of a passion for it and then sort of like moving on to the next one uh so i actually have a problem learning languages because i keep getting distracted by new languages uh, but Klingon <laughs> has stuck with me yeah um how quickly can you kind of learn a language once you start to show interest in it like what's the process for that uh it's it varies quite a lot in my experience it's uh for something like klingon which has a very regular grammar you can learn the basics of the grammar in you know like a couple of weeks essentially uh but then the problem is that the vocabulary is so completely removed uh from any language that anybody speaks basically yeah. um so for me like i didn't really start speaking without a dictionary until like maybe five years later or something when i think we started translating facebook and that's when I started using the language in my everyday life. Uh, and that's a huge factor. Like something like, for me, something like German, which is closely connected to both English and Swedish, I could maybe gain, you know, like some sort of conversational fluency in a year. But on the other hand, I'm currently learning Japanese. I'm like two and a half years into it. And uh, I can, you know, I can order things at restaurants. That's awesome. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. Cool. Do you ever find yourself yeah. uh, in a moment of frustration uh, speaking or cursing in Klingon? Uh, I do make a lot of guttural sounds in general, which some people sometimes interpret as Klingon, even though it's not. 
uh, <laughs> I'll sometimes gargle somewhere. Uh, but, but, but yeah, I, I hope I don't like deafen you, but uh, some of my favorite and uh, which do come in handy sometimes. Nice. Did was Very that federal. was that Kubak? <laughs> uh, okay. So it's yeah, it's uh, it's that nice little Klingon sound at the end. Vak. <laughs> yeah. You know, I. It's uh, like, yeah. <laughs> In in 1990, I think it was 1996. Mark Okrand uh, published the Klingon Dictionary, and I got the audiobook. And nice. uh, I, I went through it a couple of times. And uh, even though I can't pronounce it right, that is the really the only thing that stuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but sometimes my cats will will frustrate me, and I'll say something like "nukdak yuchdapor." Yeah. I don't even know if that's pronounced right but it means where do you keep it's, the chocolate it sounds good. yeah yeah it sounds good sounds like something <laughs> troy would need to know <laughs> yeah. maybe that's why she dated Worf. yeah <laughs> uh, so talking about mark okrand um i did a little bit of research on him so um yeah the klingon language i believe and you can correct me because you're the expert here but it's credited to him james montgomery yeah. scott Doohan, right uh, yes, yes and then john poville which i haven't looked into him yeah. a whole lot but um i believe that it was created for star trek to wrath of khan uh it's uh like form maybe formalized it, then uh it was first the first few lines of dialogue were in the motion picture okay then for wrath of khan uh mark Ogun came in and made vulcan and then for star trek 3 uh the search okay. for spock Okay. He was brought in again to formalize Klingon. Was he pretty much hired for every movie after that, except for I think Star Trek Beyond, maybe? Uh, he did. Uh, he's worked also on uh, Star Trek Five, Six, uh, Eleven, just the deleted scenes, I think, uh, and then Into Darkness and Beyond as well. Okay. Uh, and in, yeah. in Star so, Trek 2009, yeah, so actually a lot of the, the stuff in between that, yeah. yeah. There is that dialogue yeah. uh, yeah, exactly. with Uhura in Star Trek 2009. Uh, I think that's 20... Oh, no, uh, no you're right. It's Into Darkness, darkness what I am think? I thinking? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all dark. <laughs> uh, 2009 <laughs> is in the deleted scenes. Uh, right. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, that scene was great. The, the deleted uh, is... Is really great she's actually a bit better than the klingon yeah yeah so so um yeah the kli klingon language institute yes um i was reading and you guys are running projects including translating the bible and shakespeare into klingon is that true that's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah, the let's see here. the The Bible translation project is, I think, somebody's trying to get it back started again. Uh, I believe it fell apart in part just because it's such a huge project, and back when it started, a lot of the vocabulary wasn't really there yet. Mm -hmm. But also over disagreements over which uh, language to use as the source, like do you use Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic? Right, all uh, the versions, I, yeah. Yeah, and the people translating it were like sort of passionate for their own version of it. Uh, Shakespeare similarly is, 
I don't think that there's really a concerted effort, but sometimes people start translating something and then they just can't stop. And then like 10 years later, uh, <laughs> they can't you know, stop. they're like, yeah, yeah exactly. They're like, can I, can I please publish this just so I can claim that I've done something with my time? Yeah, uh, that's awesome. But yeah, but mostly it's individual scenes and stuff. Uh, like I did a scene from Romeo and Juliet recently. Uh, that's awesome. And other people have done the same scene, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's a lot of fun yeah do you have a favorite bit of dialogue from that scene that you'd like to share with us Ooh, uh i'm not certain that i have it handy right now i do not remember that i um let's see here oh no i'm confusing it with ivanhoe um uh, those are basically the same thing um <laughs> they both star uh the woman who played juliet and rebecca um but anyhow um I mostly remember getting frustrated over the fact that Shakespeare couldn't be faithful to his own uh, like meter. Uh, there were a lot of like uh, places what where he messed up the meter. Pentameter. Is that yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. But he cheats a lot, and I was like, "No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be lazy like Shakespeare." <laughs> I'm gonna be better here. than Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He puts an yeah. apostrophe in the place of a syllable, so he doesn't have to pronounce it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, and I'm like. But this doesn't match the original. I'm like, oh, it's because Shakespeare was just a hack. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's uh, trying to figure out wordplay that will both fit the meter and, you know, like be even uh, remotely clever uh, mm -hmm. is certainly uh, <laughs> difficult. Uh, so I, I've so, read yeah. that. Um, I've read that there are six current full published works. Of Klingon, mm. The Epic of Gilgamesh, Hamlet, mm. Much Ado About Nothing, Tao Te Ching, yes. The Art of War, and The Little Prince. Is that about right? Uh, that sounds about right. Those are the ones that I can think of as well. Yeah. Awesome. And were those all published through the KLI? Uh, I believe all of them except The Little Prince. Uh, I'm not entirely certain. Little Prince, I think, actually can't be published in North America because um, the English translation or like the, the American uh, distribution rights are, uh, are still copyrighted. Whereas in Europe, uh, it's gone to the public domain. And I think in the US, it won't go into the public domain for like another hundred years or something. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, and the KLI has like what, you know, we here at Beyond Trek Productions believe is the golden key, which is uh, trademarks for Star yes. Trek and Klingon from CBS. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes exactly. I, I know that they, I know that like in, it's been going back and forth if they have those or not. I think whenever they want to publish something new, they have to call somebody up. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do believe that, like, at the latest update, they had those distribution rights. Uh, but it's something that uh, I think it's, like, the, the director of the KLI, I think one of his biggest jobs is just, like, keeping track of that. Keeping track of all that yeah. red tape. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So as of, yeah. as of 1996, which is quite dated information, I read that there's a, a dozen fluent speakers. Has that yeah. updated at all? Are there any new numbers on that? It's it's always very difficult to get an exact estimate. We, a while back, somebody tried just like doing a bit of a social 
chain trying to ask people that they had spoken to like what Klingon speakers do you know and then they asked all those people what Klingon speakers do you know mm -hmm. uh, and I think that they arrived at a figure of around 29 or something wow uh, and I would say probably like if we're being generous in terms of in terms of actually speaking like without a dictionary I could imagine maybe up to twice that number like just people who have reached a degree of fluency but just not gotten in contact with the community yet okay. uh, but then in terms of people who can communicate well in writing maybe need a bit of extra time to think uh, maybe need to look up in uh, like a few words here and there uh, I'd say there's probably a hundred uh, or something uh, probably a thousand who with quite extensive use of the dictionary you know they just understand the basic structure of the language well enough that they can write fairly complex texts uh, but yeah in terms of like just sitting down and speaking I'd say probably 25 to 50 people is a good estimate. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I think like, obviously yeah. it's a language created for a, sh a science fiction show. And so you probably have a lot of words that are yeah. related to starship mechanics and things like that. So I would think being fluent <laughs> in it speaking, like it's yeah. probably <laughs> quite centered on that. Is that correct? Uh, originally that was very much the case. Uh, but the thing is that like when the original books were published it was a lot of things like if it was mentioned in the movies then there was a word for it if it wasn't mentioned in the movies there wasn't yeah i would imagine um, that's like the first thing that you do is like yeah. translate what's in <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh, and he also translated like even if the line was supposed to be in english marco mm -hmm. can still translate it in case somebody like on the set just said hey translate this uh so that he had that ready yeah. Uh, but since then, uh, a lot of the language evolution takes place through wish lists sent to Mark Okrand through the KLI or just for the sake of various projects. And for those, most of it is actually not related to Star Trek at all or just has sort of like a vague connection to Star Trek. Um, so there's a lot of people just wondering, like, you know, how do I talk about my my job how do I talk about body parts and stuff like that uh and like I have this really niche interest how do I do that and we have you know there's some disagreement like do we want all these science words right now like like there's one guy who's really into quantum computing and I'm a bit into like another side of quantum mechanics and we're like do we want these words now or do we first want a basic framework that allows us to, you know, construct more terms right. later on. Yeah, uh, more practical yeah. construction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I want to, um, I want to talk about how, uh, well, okay, so your, your interest in Star Trek began with the Klingon language. Um, aside from the language itself, yes. Have you gotten into Star Trek, watched the series or the movies? Um, and and how has how has your interest path, like language starting, how has that influenced how you see the series and the movies? Uh, yeah, so I originally I was just into language, as you said, and I actually because the only uh, 
the only Star Trek alien I knew of. Actually, like, my knowledge of Star Trek came from an old Donald Duck magazine that just had some, like, basic facts about Star Trek in it. Nice. Uh, and it, like, yeah, like, there was, there was a, I knew that there was a guy named Spock, and I knew that there was an alien language called Klingon. So I just figured, well, uh, who run this big federation or empire or something, and they're called the Klingons, and they speak Klingon. Uh, so I was very surprised when uh, there was a channel that was started running Star Trek Next Generation uh, in the afternoons. Uh, and I started watching a few episodes almost just like to laugh at how campy I knew it was going to be. Just figured like, well, this looks very silly. I'm going to watch this. Uh, and I'm sure that bald guy is Captain Kirk. And I don't know where Spock is, uh, but I want to hear oh him speak. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> yes, uh, but then I actually like, even though I think that I came in at a pretty bad point in the series, it was like I think the first two episodes were like the last outpost one, so that's like I guess where the like the Ferengi come in and start quoting, like meet some guardian to quote Sun Tzu, and then yep. there's the planet where all the men are sort of like subjugated like really campy episodes oh, yeah. uh but i just really fell in love with it completely uh yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah it's uh it's good stuff uh so since then i've um uh in recent years i've sort of just like just due to like life being stressful and stuff i'm not entirely caught up with uh discovery and all the short treks mm -hmm. uh but i've uh, i've watched everything up until yeah season two and a half roughly of okay. uh, discovery yeah i was gonna say there's uh, a lot of klingon yeah lots of klingon in early discovery yeah, exactly, so i yeah. thought like i was i was gonna recommend you watch yes. it if you had it so <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's uh, and that was actually uh i actually sort of got wind of that beforehand because I actually um, mm, uh, I, I actually heard for the grapevine that I had been considered for that job uh, oh my and I, I think that there were a lot of people up for consideration for that job I should say but like yeah. when I heard that I sort of went through a phase of first uh, oh that's so flattering and then that whoever got that job had better be good it better be somebody like <laughs> robin stewart i mean if it's somebody like robin stewart i won't be mad but otherwise you know <laughs> and, it, and it was robin stewart and she did a fantastic job and also alan anderson helping her out uh so they're absolutely amazing uh the dialogue is really well written uh and they have the dialect coaches and everything uh so mm -hmm. it's it's really cool like because Throughout most of Star Trek, uh, like TNG, DS9, Voyager, most of Enterprise, the Klingon dialogue has actually been gibberish. Uh, so wow. as a Klingon speaker, that's actually a bit frustrating, like, <laughs> watching that and being like, <laughs> like I want to enjoy these right. scenes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and like, some of it is just like word by word translations. Other stuff is just like, flock the block duck, boom, blah, blah. They just, uh, yeah. So actually, like for a while, I almost had like a falling out with Star Trek. It's like it's just that <laughs> terrible show that abuses my language. Um, but I learned to appreciate it separately from Klingon, basically. Right. Uh, yeah. But then, like when Discovery opens up, and like the first thing you see is some like Picard texts. I 
can't remember if it's like or maybe it's Klingonmach. It's either like we are Klingons or it's something like they are approaching. And the first voice you hear is also in Klingon. And that's uh, correct. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that uh, was like this really is gonna amazing. be good. Yes. Yeah. I was like I I was so prepared. I just had, you know, like a nice breakfast set up. I made croissants. I was just, you know, I had my coffee, I had everything. Set the mood. Turn it on, just hope like I hope this is good. I hope this is good. And then it's like, gosh, you just want to uh, yeah. You have like uh, noisemakers and confetti yeah, and like, exactly, everything. Yeah. <laughs> we well, made you, it, guys. <laughs> that's awesome. You, yeah, and I, and I think the um, the language in you know the, at least the translation on the screen for the viewers, like hmm. it's very in discovery. It's very fil- yeah. like philosophical, almost like yeah, the, yeah. Exactly. They talk in like. I don't even know how to really explain it, but it's like they're talking in con- concepts and mm. um, synonyms and metaphors a whole lot. And so yeah. I just thought it was really interesting how they went more towards that. Whereas I'm sure yeah. like previous iterations are very like this, this word is this and this and this and this. And it's like just conversational yeah. almost. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Like in the, in the movies that actually have decent Klingon dialogue, uh, the Klingons have always been either enemies or almost enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a lot of it has been like attack now, enter, you know, turn on the device, mm-hmm. uh, enter an inverse. Uh, whereas now it's more like, you know, I, hey, you're shunted from your roots because you look different. And now you shall enter a new unity with us, uh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it is really cool uh, seeing that sort of take on a new life uh, and seeing a lot of like words that originated uh, sort of like from these requests to Mark Oakland, ones that had never been used in Star Trek before, you know, finally getting a life on set, uh, you know, going from what Klingon speakers consider canon to what most Star Trek fans consider canon. Uh, it was a really cool thing to see. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And you've just you've just really revitalized um, Discovery for me because uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong Trekkie and I yeah. was really disappointed when they showed the redesign of the Klingon facial you know, makeup and stuff like that. Uh, and the language didn't sound right to me, but it's nice to hear yeah. that it actually is right now and it wasn't right before. Right. Yeah. They did that work. Yeah. We appreciate that they did yeah, that exactly. work. Yeah. Uh, yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's very much, uh, I mean, I do, I do think it's very valid to just say like, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't click for people, for a lot of people. And I think that's completely valid. Uh, I also have my reaction to like a lot of the uh, the makeup changes, uh, and also they have like this little they have this little sound effect that they add to simulate them having I think it's like two larynxes or something mm. uh, that muddies things up a bit. Uh, but if you think of uh, one thing that people have reacted to is that they they talk really slow and like choppy. 
And if you go back to Star Trek, the motion picture and the search for Spock, that does actually sound a lot like, you know, the original Klingon dialogue. Uh, but as you say, like, if you think of Gowron, for instance, who I absolutely love, I don't care that his Klingon is not correct. He still sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, whatever Gowron says is also correct. It's just a completely different language from what I'm used to. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, that's 24th century Klingon. Um, he speaks from... high Klingon. Right. Yeah, Klingon, exactly. Yeah. They've kind of been just this this culture that can be molded yeah. to fit what the show yeah, exactly. and series needs. So, yeah, you know, you know I have and... lots of love for, for TNG Klingons. Yeah. It yeah. makes sense, just like on Earth, there's dozens, thousands of yeah. languages. There can be yeah. dozens of variants of the Klingon language. They don't all have to be uniform. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's even like in in the Klingon community, we normally refer to our language as Klingonhol, which is like the emperor's Klingon. <laughs> but nobody really knows like which emperor we're talking about because I don't, I think the emperor... The, the Klingon Empire had actually had an emperor for several years uh, when like, the, the motion picture came about. Uh, so yeah, we have this weird standardized Klingon that exists in like this temporal void. Uh, <laughs> like it, it shows up sometimes in the, like the 22nd century and in the 24th century and 23rd century. Uh, and it shows up in like these archaic texts as well. Uh, but then you have all these other languages, and some of them sound good, and some of them sound, uh, uh, but yeah, that's all. There's a lot of variety there. Uh, and then you have things like, you know, John and Ford's Klingonizing uh, language, which is really cool, but not really developed. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff there. So when you need to, like, know what a word is, like, yes. and you don't know. Yes. Do you go to Mark and request that? How does that process work? Uh, so in general, we we try to minimize the amount of new words that we request okay. simply because, you know, uh, he has a limited amount of time and right. uh, yeah. he's quite generous with it as it is, uh, but also because um, we think it's a good exercise to try to work with what we've got. So a lot of the time what we do is we make compounds from more basic terms. Uh, like, you know, I every year I uh, sort of translate and live tweet the Eurovision Song Contest. You know, obviously there isn't a word for Eurovision Song <laughs> Contest in Klingon, uh, but you can say something like the, the melody festival song challenge uh and something like that works perfectly fine and uh, sometimes you have to have these long like relative phrases uh trying to come up with a uh, good example well i guess like yesterday i translated the game title assassin's creed ragnarok uh and you have to sort of figure out in those cases do you go for a phonetic approximation do you go for a translation uh, do you go for the modern interpretation of the word assassin, or do you go for like the original? Uh, and remember, if it's Arabic, like assassin, uh, there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I ended up with like assassin tir kunputchoch. Sorry, kunputchoch, which is like uh, 
the way of the uh, assassin, um, Twilight of the Gods, something like that. So you translated uh, so Ragnarok of... into yes, and then into Klingon. exactly yes. Yeah, you take the word yes. and make the conceptual yeah. translation translation of that. Twilight of the yeah, gods. exactly. I Twilight of the Gods. That sounds like something yeah. that would resonate with the yeah. Klingons because all their gods are dead. Yes, I think actually in uh, in like Keith R A the Candido. Uh, the Klingon Art of War. I believe that he actually has some reference there to a book called Kunput Shosh, uh, which is Twilight of the Gods. So that's, so uh, that's probably a reference to, yeah. Yeah, it, it sounds like something he would like. Yeah, all the gods die and a couple of humanoids survive. Yeah. <laughs> and Baldur, yeah. So I've, yes. I've, my knowledge of like learning language is hmm. once you hit a certain age, like 12-ish, hmm. it becomes a lot harder to learn yeah so i i read about this guy who taught his son mm. to speak klingon and he would yeah. answer his father in klingon but his mother in english yeah. and he had like yeah. perfect pronunciation yeah he eventually stopped answering in klingon but yes so i would think like yeah. it's it would be easier for people who are younger to like pick up mm. these like these yeah IP languages as well. <laughs> so. I could just imagine that kid in like the yeah. sixth grade responding to his might... teacher in Klingon and <laughs> teacher's like, what? Yeah. And he's like, all right, I'm never speaking Klingon yes. again. Got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think that's sort of what happens with children. Children are really good at figuring out like what knowledge, you know, they want or what knowledge they don't want or like what they feel is a waste of energy and what they want to spend it on instead. Mm -hmm. So this kid pretty much figured out that like, well, I know that my dad speaks English because he speaks English with other people. And I already speak English with everybody else. I can just speak English with him and I'm not going to bother with this, you know, bad language. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's Although I do think that, yeah. Because instead uh, of it being of cool, it appears like it's so weird. Long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although, This guy, I think we lost your audio there. This kid was like five years old. Was, that was eight boy right there. Oh, he was young. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, uh, let's see here. Yeah. We're so, do you hear me now? Yep. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Uh, I think that uh, one thing with language learning for children is that uh, the reason they're so good at it is because they're exposed to it constantly and the brain makes connections really well at that age. Uh, so I think that if you take a kid and drop it into a Klingon speaking environment where they like hear it every day, they're going to be the best Klingon speakers ever. Uh, but that's really hard to find because you need to get like 29 of us to fly in from across the world <laughs> and sit in a room and just like talk to this baby. Um, so we need to have uh, a Klingon intentional community where everybody who speaks hey, yeah. is together. He's the chosen yeah. one, the chosen <laughs> child. Yes, exactly. finally, <laughs> finally. Yeah, exactly. a native speaker. Yes. <laughs> yes, at last, at last. Uh, so yeah, I think that unfortunately, like when you don't have access to that sort of like immersion, uh, you sort of need to go to the books and like learn things, you know, grammar point by grammar point. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So unfortunately for that, children are less good at that, unfortunately. Uh, 
but yeah, if you manage to, you know, if you manage to find that special someone who also speaks Klingon and maybe have your neighbors speak Klingon, then your baby can be the first native. So yeah, that's, that's mm. what I'm holding out for. Yes. <laughs> well, so their little brains just sop up language so well. I know. It's, I know. I know. It's... Like, all my all my friends are starting to have children now. I'm like, oh, you're so lucky. You have this little language experiment around the house. <laughs> so I don't know if um, if this what I what I'm about to mention has made it through yeah. the Klingon circles and people talk about mm-hmm. it. But I remember uh, being in a hotel in like ninety eight, ninety nine. That's the twentieth century for you newer listeners. Um, uh, and uh, <laughs> There was a there was a news report and it had the Klingon logo and the Starfleet Delta and I'm like why is Star Trek the news and apparently um, a facility uh, for um, uh, for uh, I guess it was like an asylum um, uh, an entire wing of the of the asylum had adopted Klingon and refused to speak to their medical practitioners and therapists in any other language. So they were actually actively seeking uh, employment of a social worker yeah. or therapist who could speak Klingon. I know. It's, I thought it was yeah, the coolest I, I heard, thing ever. Uh, it's sort of, yeah. <laughs> it is, unfortunately. It's it's partially true, but it's okay. one of those things that starts out as like a small news story. And then, mm-hmm. like, it gains new details in each uh, consecutive reporting. So uh, it has, you so have heard about from, this. Yes, and I believe it was like a, a mental facility in Oregon. Yep. And they had a list of languages that they might need a translator for at some point in the future. And so they should do the work ahead of time to find somebody uh, who could help them out when that need uh, arose. Uh, and Klingon was like on that list of languages, and like a news reporter got wind of it. Oh. And then it sort of spiraled to. Oh, they have. They already have a Klingon translator. There are several patients who don't speak anything but Klingon. Oh uh, no! Yeah. Fake news. Yes. <laughs> I know, right? It's uh, a good story, man. <laughs> is there? Yeah, can you say? Can you yeah. say fake news in Klingon? Uh, I would probably say something like, "Let's see here." Would I say Literally means new information that is counterfeit. Uh, I might say something like "tojbol uh, uh like new information which deceives, or maybe "dekokchu," which means so-called information which is new. Hmm. Uh, okay, yes. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, something like you can just say it in multiple like, ways. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you can really change it based like yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. Yes. <laughs> Actually that's I think that's in general quite a good uh I think that's a good uh sort of reason to a good motivation to learn multiple languages is that sometimes when somebody makes an argument, uh a good way to check if it's actually a good argument, like not in a conclusive way in any way, but just like try translating the argument and see if it makes sense in another language. Uh, that can be a way to spot like the way that people use language tricks. 
like they use words that sound the same in English, for instance, to make a point, whereas there isn't really any logical uh, basis for their argument. Uh, so something like that can be uh, mm -hmm. quite helpful sometimes. Yeah. You know, there's actually an example of that in Star Trek. Star Trek Deep really? Space Nine, uh, the episode "Statistical Probabilities," when oh. the the augments are watching the holodeck, the hollow playback of oh. Wei Yun yeah. talking. One of the augments captions on it and goes, "Did you hear that? He used the Vorta yeah. word in this inflection, which doesn't mean what yes. you think it means. It means this instead." Exactly. And I, yes. That's exactly what you reminded me of. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that is. Yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah, a great episode in general. Um, was some good, yeah, rapid fire Trek trivia. Yeah, no, and and that's where that I wanted to. He's the king of that. <laughs> For real. <laughs> um, I I admit I don't actually have a list of questions ready for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean. I, I've been I've been wrapped up in the Klingon language, not like not like wrapped up. I just enamored of it. Uh, I even found uh, a woman who she she might even be a part of the Klingon Language Institute. Um, yes. She releases covers of popular music in Klingon. Yes. And, oh, yeah, Jed Ucellas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't want to use any names just in case somebody match work but um <laughs> yeah uh her handle on twitter is klingon pop warrior and i actually downloaded uh one of her albums because i'm addicted to the song don't stop believing yeah. and she performs exactly, it yeah. on the star trek cruises and it's amazing oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah she's amazing uh she it's been really fun actually watching uh sort of like her her journey because she started out as she was an actress in uh, a Klingon Christmas Carol, uh, which is like this play that's put on. <laughs> I'm geeking out. I'm geeking out. That's awesome. Tis the season. Did we lose our guest? I think in Chicago and maybe a few other things are sort of okay, this size sixpence and the richer uh, for, uh, yeah, the what's it called, like the improvised Star Trek podcast or whatever, uh, yeah. Uh, and that caught on and she was like, I can I can make something of this. She, uh, wait, she was a member of improvised Star Trek? I, I don't think she was a regular member. I think that she, uh, she did like, there was a scene where they wanted, it was like a, a romantic scene in the Klingon restaurant and they wanted some background music <laughs> and they sort of went all out and just oh said like, my okay. God. Yeah, we need to actually translate this. Yeah, yeah, I follow them on Facebook. Yeah. Kiss me by sixpence on the richer. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, Man, I'm telling you, nerds sometimes are video. amazing. <laughs> you guys make it happen. Let me yeah. tell you, you make it happen. <laughs> yeah, she's she's amazing, and like the the amount of work she's put into like you know just doing this in a way that's legal for one thing, and also like well produced and everything with you know, professionally made arrangements and getting all the distribution rights and stuff like that. Uh, and actually, uh, it's, yeah, it's, I, I sort of accidentally got in, involved in that project as well. Uh, because one night somebody sent an email to the Klingon Language uh, Institute's mailing list and just said like, hey, what would Let It Go sound like in Klingon? 
and it was like a Friday or Saturday night, so I guess I didn't have anything better to do. And I just sat up until like five in the morning and just translated that. And then while she was putting together this album, somebody mentioned on Facebook, like, hey, you should include Let It Go. And she was like, yeah, sure, if I can find a translation of it. And somebody said, well, actually, uh, there is one. Actually, somebody wrote it actually, last week. Actually. Yes. And she, she recorded it. And then she got an, uh, a letter from Disney. And she thought, oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> it's a no. cease and desist. We're done. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And she's like, I, she was so certain. Like, I did all the work. I got all the rights. This, this was completely legal. But they're going to send team of lawyers after me, and I'm screwed. And then they said, like, congratulations on your new album. Um, we would like to make this the 47th official translation of Let It Go. Could you send us a copy of the album and the lyrics? So we can put it in our vaults. I just want to clarify: you wrote the yeah. lyrics that were performed that are now yeah. enshrined in Disney's official translations for yep. "Let It Go" by Elsa. Yes. Jay that didn't is, tell me we were yeah. having royalty on this show. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, yeah. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah, and that's what's so fun about like a niche interest like Klingon or something that's like it's niche but it's also sort of popular in its own circles like you see things they start out as these really small things and then through this weird chain of events uh you have something that just blows up way beyond what you were expecting mm -hmm. so uh, Disney being the monolith that it is yeah do you do you get any royalties from that uh it's uh I I get some uh royalties from like the actual album sales okay uh but i mean those are i think that like the first year there was something like five dollars then the second year it was something like one dollar and now it's basically to the point where like eh, i'll i'll send it to you on paypal when like when it reaches a dollar which all right listeners be. go out and buy this album in bulk <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. We've, we've got to get we've got to get one dialect of the Klingon language yeah. officialized so we can have some yeah. speakers in the future. Exactly, and she first has a president now as well, I think. So yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean she's producing a lot of new stuff. I think she's going to be on the next Star Trek crew as well, uh, or at least I think Ooh. she hopes to be. So yeah, Was she's Star Trek uh, Four. Is that what uh, we're calling it? uh probably i'm i can't say i've had the luxury it's uh it's, it's had a whole bunch of drama getting going we i think we talked really? about it on a previous episode right well, Jag, not, really? star trek for the next jj ish oh, yeah. one mm, right, so yeah. the, the new news about that is that the new mm. director apparently due to contract negotiations and stuff mm. like that they're considering tossing out the 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 pine cast because Ooh. because they're all they're all really big names now and yeah, Star Trek exactly. just doesn't carry the reputation that earns it a budget to pay all yeah. of them sufficiently. Right. And I'm over here thinking like, don't do what DC did and have like three Batmans in six years. Just I know, right? focus on something else. Go away from Kirk. Go away. Do something in the future. Yeah. Uh, do Star Trek, but do it not hey here's a new kirk no yeah do what the mandalorian exactly. did 
and give us a separate story give us a separate character group you know i love it yes i'd love to see something like that make make the universe bigger yeah 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 exactly yeah because i guess yeah i haven't seen the mandalorians i think it's getting here in like april or something uh but i guess yeah people were expecting a boba fett show i guess and then they said like well there's this whole planet and culture of mandalorians we can use one of them instead uh is that sort of what happened there uh but yeah it's it seems to be really it seems really good at least Uh, it's good it's nuanced it's yeah very it's well written it's not skywalker so i'm all over it (laughs) yeah great cinematography apparently they pioneered a filming technique that um doesn't require the use of green screens they project the background onto a screen behind the actors and so it's it's not even like green screen like this behind me is uh it's it's a it's a digital background wall yeah and it just looks more organic and natural when they're in the scene yeah yeah, it's oh, like cool. similar to when they used to paint like a Mary Poppins. They would like paint mm-hmm. the backgrounds mm-hmm. of wherever they were at yeah, to like give that. the sense of scale. But yeah, yeah. I like that because then you're not stuck with green screeniness, which t- breaks yeah. my immersion personally. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, especially now that like, I mean, even high budget productions, like if you go to watch Avengers Infinity War, for instance, you can sort of tell because everything is so high resolution, if you start looking at like the plants and stuff, uh, you start noticing like, oh man, there's these little artifacts there. Now my immersion is ruined. I guess maybe I wasn't supposed to stare at those plants, but but I did. (laughs) They put Uh, them there for me to stare at. You shoved them in my face. Yeah. Digital art designer number 325, you're amazing. Yeah. Getting back back to the the Klingon language community. um, Yeah have uh, what what friendships and relationships have been fostered by your interest in the klingon language that you wouldn't have anywhere else um i guess uh yeah i mean a lot of them are purely online because we're sort of spread out across uh the planet uh but there are maybe like you know a dozen klingon speakers that i communicate with uh, regularly and that I would consider my friends uh but I know by both by Klingon name and my real name and you know <laughs> I've started getting to know like yeah sort of like seeing what their real lives are like and things like that mm-hmm. uh there's also there are a couple of uh one Klingon speaker and a couple of like Klingon language enthusiasts in Sweden as well mm-hmm. uh so I've started to get to know them uh and also actually mark okren himself has come to visit us uh a few times uh and he is just the nicest most interesting guy you could hope to meet uh like this whole don't meet your heroes thing it doesn't apply to him at all uh he is just as lovely as you would like uh your favorite celebrity to be oh that's refreshing uh he has all these stories yeah yeah exactly he's and he's really down to earth uh he's he's funny um he uh you know you get a bit of wine into him and he'll start telling you things about star trek productions that he shouldn't uh yeah does he like podcasts so just asking for a friend (laughs) Uh, he 
he does do them occasionally. Uh, like if you if you Google like Mark Oaken podcast, uh, he definitely does. Uh, you know, a few of them a year at least. Uh, so oh, you know, okay. I wouldn't cool. rule it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's super yeah. educated. He's, I uh, mean, he did like his dissertation yeah. like at Berkeley yeah. and he worked at the Smithsonian, yeah. right? I mean, he's, yeah. he is a dyed in the wool linguist. And I just yeah. think it's so mm-hmm. cool that he worked on it and yeah, developed definitely. this for our fandom. And yeah, there's this there's a great like talk you can look up it's i think it's titled something like school of thought and then like mark okrand how researching a dead language gave rise to a new one uh and he talks about both his dissertation into a language called mutsun which was essentially an extinct language when he studied it he studied like recordings and texts of it uh mm-hmm. but not uh he didn't have any native speakers to talk to where was uh, the language then, originated uh in i think north america like california uh thereabouts so it was uh, it was like a first nations language yeah exactly yeah uh like an olone uh, language i think and uh, but actually in recent years they've actually used the dissertation that he wrote together with some other dissertations on the language and sort of revitalized the language uh so now there's actually a community of people speaking a language that you know for a few decades didn't have any speakers at all uh, so that's a really cool thing uh just seeing that the is, language can come back like that that's beautiful work that is humanitarian yeah. work you know yeah exactly making sure knowledge is not lost that's yeah exactly yeah that's beautiful yeah that's beautiful yeah uh and that's also like it's a pretty fun thing with the Klingon language community like a lot of people say why are you learning Klingon when you could be learning you know all these endangered languages and sort of like a fun fact is that a lot of Klingon speakers do uh because they just love language in general uh, like there's a guy, there's one Klingon speaker going around in uh, Burma or Myanmar and like studying local dialects, like endangered dialects of Burmese. Uh, I'm personally like trying to get involved with uh, the Gutnish language. Um, there's, I think, I think Robin Stewart speak, is, has studied like Quechua or something. I'm not entirely certain. Uh, or no, sorry, I think it's Cree. Um, I can't quite remember. Uh, but yeah, and it, it's it's always fun to sort of like see if you can connect those two interests with each other, like sometimes using Klingon to spread information about an endangered language, for instance. Uh, like I'll sometimes translate Sami texts into Klingon just to like get my followers on Twitter and stuff to sort of look at them and be like, hey, this language still exists let's keep it that way um mm-hmm. yeah so that's yeah using the, the star trek fan base to yes. foster awareness of yes exactly that kind yeah. of information yeah i love that yeah yeah because <laughs> if there's anything yeah. that that star trek fandom is you know yeah is keyed in yeah. on it's what's going on what's yes what is the community doing we're very community oriented so yes definitely yeah 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 a lot of fun 
Well, I think that's time for us. Um, would, would you be able to do maybe one on the fly translation uh, before we before we close uh, up? Yeah, I can certainly give it a shot. Would you be able to say, uh, hi, my name is, and you're listening to Beyond Trek Productions? You don't have to translate uh, right. the podcast, just, just the call. Right. And can we use uh, it for the show? Uh, yes, you absolutely can. Uh, okay. So I'll try to do, I guess I'll do one version where I don't translate the, uh, uh, the name and then one where I do. So just going to. Actually, wanna, Beyond is one of those. I want to get a drum I, roll sound effect for this moment. So first of all, I'm not going to say hi because Klingons don't say hi. Um, but I can <laughs> say, you know, I'm Lugod and you're listening to Beyond Trek Productions. Uh, right. So that would be Lugod Jich Edge Koblenk. Sorry, no, that was right. Lugod Jich Edge Beyond Trek Productions. The age talk. Uh, so that yeah, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> that so and, and yes, uh, yeah. And in complete Klingon, that would be Lorajich Edchovling Hai the age talk. So how do you so just say the conversion. that? How do you just say Beyond Trek Productions? Then what's that snippet? Uh, I would, so I actually just said like beyond Star Trek. Uh, so that was like, uh, it's the word for star journey and area beyond something. And that's Hobling Chai. That's way cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank Productions, you. Productions, I think, would depend <laughs> on like, yeah. <laughs> Productions is difficult. Uh, depends on what kind of productions they are. <laughs> it's one of those difficult, thorny. Uh, translation issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Yeah. Uh, yes. in what, what is your evening? Uh, we really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it was an absolute yes. delight to talk to you. And oh, really nice thing to you too. Yeah, learn you know learn what you're up to, what the community's up to, and and see that we're it's still chugging along beautifully and even yeah, exactly. gaining yeah. uh, gaining uh, fluent speakers. So I love to hear yeah. that. And in the coming year, with uh, Picard coming out in yeah. 13, less than two weeks, uh, Lower Decks coming out, and yeah. um, I'm sure new things on the horizon. Um, yeah, if there is news on the Klingon front, uh, you're going to be the first person that we go to, and uh, we hope we can <laughs> yeah. <show> again. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be lovely. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, yeah, for thanks tuning for in. Me. And uh, this is Dag, uh, Watney, and Rohal uh, from Beyond Trek Productions. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we are Beyond Trek Podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious Trek content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us. Resistance is futile.